There have been so many game-changing plays in college football history, but can just one play shift the trajectory of an entire program? Well, my next guest breaks down one that did just that, right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody, and we're taking down the field for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The players. There goes Davis! Oh my God! Davis is going running all the way back! And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Believe in college football legends on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Chris Smith. The NFL season is in full swing, and even though you might not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Plus, there's always that online casino as well. The best part about it, it never closes. You can play 24-7. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. How many times have you said if we just made that one play, we would have won the game? Whether it's an improbable Hail Mary, a field goal as time expires, or a stellar defensive stand, a single play can change the outcome of a big game and even alter a rivalry. One that accomplished both is simply known as the pick. Touchdown! Kenny Wynton! the interception! The most improbable finish to the football game! That legendary play propelled the Oregon football program into the national spotlight and into a perennial powerhouse. So here to lay out all that Ducks history is my special guest on the show, Ken Go, sports writer at the Oregonian since 1977 and has been covering college football since 1984. Check out his work at the Oregonian and Oregon Live, plus on Twitter at Ken Go, K-E-N-G-O-E. Thanks for joining me, Ken. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Ken, let's start right out with the uh, state of Ducks football prior to the 1994 season and the infamous pick. Yeah, you know, they were underdogs, and uh, it was pretty evident that they were having trouble keeping up with the better teams in the Pac-12. They, uh, in 1989, they went to their first bowl game since 1962, and that was they had to buy their way into the Independence Bowl, and that was sort of the state of the program. They, they had gotten to the, the level where they could go to a – sort of a bottom feeder bowl game occasionally, but but they were not considered a contender uh, to win a Pac-12 championship. How lopsided was the uh, rivalry with Washington leading up to that 1994 season? And I get I misspoke. I, at that point, it was the Pac-10. But anyway, yeah, um, it was a very one-sided rivalry. The Huskies dominated it. There was a um, the Oregon fans had a massive inferiority complex when it came to Washington. Uh, Washington was in a bigger city, bigger stadium. Uh, won more games, uh, and the Huskies knew it. They treated uh, Oregon with sort of amused condescension, <laughs> like it, this nice little team that's trying its best, and uh, even when it tries its best, they can't win. And there were some games uh, during that stretch that Oregon probably should have won and didn't. There was a game up in uh, Seattle in 19, I believe, 1984 uh, when Oregon held the Huskies to three first downs and that was a really good Washington team you know one of the the Don James powerhouses the defense was called the Purple Rain they had a bunch of uh, future NFL players on that team Um, 
but the Ducks had held them. They, they came out with a trick defense, held them to three first downs, and lost the games on 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 two special teams gaffes, uh, blocked punt, and I believe a punt return for a touchdown. Um, Oregon's quarterback Chris Miller, who was a very good player, uh, went on and played in the NFL for a while. Got knocked out of the game with a late hit, and um, that just sort of amplified everything that Oregon fans hated about Washington. You know, they they dominated the game, should have won the game, didn't. That's how Oregon Washington games win. Either Washington won going away, or Oregon blew it. And at that point, uh, Husky Stadium was regularly sold out. Watson Stadium, Oregon's home stadium, was not. So even Oregon's home games took on the appearance of a Washington home game because Washington fans they who traveled. lived within driving distance of Austin Stadium could go and buy the tickets. Wow. So let's go back to Austin Stadium, a beautiful stadium, by the way. And on the afternoon of October 22nd against the ninth-ranked Washington Huskies at the time, what was the outlook prior to that matchup? You know, Oregon had not had a particularly good season. There was a lot of pressure building on uh, the administration to do something about Rich Brooks, the coach. You had a sub-500 winning percentage. He was pretty much acknowledged in the business that he was a very good coach, but uh, Oregon was underfunded, wasn't able to recruit at the same level that programs like Washington was, and um, they, they lost you know, a series of big games. They, you know, The best bowl game I think they'd been to was the, the old Freedom Bowl that was played in Anaheim. Yes. They lost that game. So uh, there was a lot of pressure building on Oregon, which had an interim athletic director at the time to to make a change. And he, and he didn't really want to make a change. He, he wasn't a, a sports guy necessarily. He was uh, another an administrator, a vice president from the other part of the school and, and had a lot of respect for Rich Brooks as a person and, and thought he was a good coach. But you know how those situations go. Uh, donors start pulling their money and the school has to make a decision. That's sort of where we were at. That There was a, a movement among Oregon boosters called Ditch Rich. Oh. Um, they actually had... Uh, I remember buttons and towels printed up with that slogan on it. Ouch, that's got to hurt. <laughs> when we're at the game there on October 22nd, ninth-ranked Washington Huskies, and during the early stages, a little back and forth, what was the feeling going into that last drive when Washington was driving late in the game prior to the pick? Oregon's up. Yeah, it was a very evenly played game. Oregon had uh, made a 98-yard drive to take the lead. And Oregon fans were both excited and dreading what would come next because Washington had the ball. And Washington had a very good offense, a back named Napoleon Kaufman, who was an excellent back. Oh, yes. Um, uh, Damon Heward, who went on and played in the NFL, uh, was the quarterback. And Washington was moving the ball down the field. And I think uh, everybody in the stadium, Washington fans and Oregon fans, believed this was going to be another example of Oregon playing a great game but still falling short. All right, so let's talk about them not falling short. Paint the picture of the pick, what happened on that legendary play. Yeah, I think a lot of people in the stadium thought uh, Napoleon Coughlin would get the ball because Oregon hadn't really stopped him very well all day. Uh, but Washington called a pass, and it was an out route into the end zone. They were, they were close enough that um, would be a, a short pass uh, for the apparent winning touchdown. Um, Oregon had a nickel defense on. I'm not sure uh, exactly why Oregon was in nickel defense because, like I said, I think a lot of people expected Napoleon Kaufman to get the ball. But anyway, Kenny Wheaton uh, was the nickel back, and he um, had spent a lot of time studying film. And out of that formation, in that situation, he expected Washington to throw the out, and that's what they did. And Wheaton broke on the ball perfectly, picked it off, 
and had nothing but uh, empty field in front of him. You are going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, looks, throws toward the corner of the end zone. It is intercepted! Intercepted! The Ducks have the ball! Down to the 35, the 40! Kenny Wayne's going to score! Kenny Wayne is going to score! 20, the 10, touchdown! Kenny Wayne on the interception! The most improbable finish to the football game! It was a crazy scene because even... W- when Wheaton had the ball, I think a lot of Oregon fans expected something bad to happen. And Rich Brooks was quoted later as saying he was screaming at Wheaton to fall down because he didn't want Wheaton to fumble. But there was so much noise in the stadium that uh, Wheaton couldn't hear him. I, Damon Hewitt, I think, was the last guy that had a chance to tackle him, but uh, he didn't. And Wheaton went the distance to score and put Oregon up by two scores at that point late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, thank God he didn't fall down. That was a nice 97-yard rumble to put him up 31-20 with the upset victory. We're here with Ken Goat, sports writer at the Oregonian and Oregon Live, talking about a legendary Oregon football play known as the pick and Oregon football. What were your impressions of uh, Kenny Wheaton before? I know he was a young player and after that legendary play. Uh, A very good player, a little undersized probably, but, you know, not. So it's uh, amazing when so for a corner, um, good instincts. Uh, but he was an unproven player. You know, he was a freshman, and uh, he wasn't a starter. He was the, like I say, the nickel guy. So, yeah, but you know, that that changed everything. I, he became, I think, at, at, in that instant, one of the most famous players in Oregon history because not only did they win, not only did they win in an exciting fashion, they beat the Huskies, and, and people were just delirious, and still are. I mean, even all these years later, uh, that play still it, it, they play it on the video board like a quarter century later in the highlight package before the game and that play still draws a roar from the crowd yeah that's still on the the duck vision correct yeah and they played it in different places when they the first when they first came out with it they played it at the very end and it sort of built to a crescendo and uh that just got people you know amped up they've moved it around since in the highlight package i think newer coaches have come in and said hey you know that isn't the only play in oregon history but but it's still a play that gets the biggest cheer. Sure. Well, I mean, the Ducks were four and three prior to the pick game. They beat the Huskies, who were three years removed from the share of the national championship. How did that shape up the rest of the season for the Ducks? Yeah, we should go back and say they were four and three, but that included losses to Hawaii and Utah. And Utah at that point was uh, uh, not a member of the Pac-12, was a, a group of five school. And um, but, but by beating the Huskies, they put themselves in position to control their own destiny. And, you know, they, they managed to tiptoe through the rest of the season and uh, win the Pac-12 championship. Not and, and a lot of close games in there, too. What They weren't necessarily routes or convincing victories but and, and capped it by beating Oregon State in the Civil War. Again, another very close game that, that could have gone either way, but it was sort of a charm season. And, uh, Oregon uh, won the Pac-12. I'm sorry, I keep saying Pac-12. Pac-10 title. Yeah, it was Pac-10 at the uh, time. <laughs> clinched a spot at the Rose in the Rose Bowl and uh, it really changed the trajectory of the program because because after that Phil Knight the co-founder of Nike had had gone to Oregon had, had competed as a track athlete for Oregon had been a football fan but not at the level he became after that season and since then he's invested tremendously in um, the Oregon football program and in Oregon facilities and they've gone from a have not to a have yeah destination now How's that rivalry been going with Washington since the pick, since 94? Yeah, you know, it's turned around. It it, it went back and forth there for, for a little bit, and, and now it's all Ducks. 
I'd have to go back and look for sure, but I think they've won like 15 of the last 17 or, or something. Yeah, I think it's 18 like and around 18 and 6. Before that, they were losers of five straight, 11 of the previous 13 games to that Huskies team. And I've listened to the, the call, the pick over and over again. And uh, 25 years later, did legendary announcer Jerry Allen capture that moment in Eugene for the fans and the city? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's hard to tell if you listen to Jerry's call uh, what happened. Because you can tell that, that there was an interception. You think it might be Wheaton, though. He, do, he just screams Kenny Wheaton. Yes. Um, so you, you're not really sure if you weren't watching what it is that happened, but, but you could tell from his emotion that it's, it was a great Oregon thing. And I, I think what he really did was, um, in that call, was capture the emotion and the feeling of the Oregon fans. Like uh, They were so convinced this was going to be another embarrassing, demoralizing loss to Washington, and suddenly it wasn't. And and that that comes through. I think that's what makes that call so iconic. And the pick was so legendary. It's like we were talking about. It's on the Duck Vision. Do you think that's the most legendary play in Oregon football history? Yeah, you can't come up with a close second. I, mean, I can't. You know, they've had some other really good teams since then, and certainly some better teams than than that one. Yeah, and Heisman Trophy and in the winners. Chip Kelly years. Yeah, they they made a lot of they had a lot of explosive offense and made a lot of big plays and and you know played a a style of defense where they made big plays on defense too. Um, but I defy anyone to, to come up with another play like that. There, there's nothing where you, I mean, you just have to say the pick and every Oregon fan knows what you're talking about. There's no other play in Oregon history that, that has a name like that. It resonates. Yeah. I've seen the, the t-shirts on campus and then I know there's the pick insurance that Kenny has. So it's fantastic. It is one of the most legendary plays, uh, not only in, Oregon football history, but I believe in, in college football history. We're here with Ken Goat, sports writer at the Oregonian and Oregon Live, We're talking about a legendary Oregon football play known as the pick and Oregon football. Let's fast forward a little bit and look into the future. Who do you see as current or future legends on the uh, 2020 roster? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, they, they're they a little bit unsettled right now because uh, their quarterback, Heisman candidate, uh, Justin Herbert, is gone. Um, they have to to replace him and they uh offensive line which was sort of a pillar of that team is most of those guys are gone and and uh will either have nfl careers or chances at nfl careers some of their key players on defense from last year are also gone they've recruited really well um i'm always reluctant to to identify somebody who's a recruit and say you know this is this is going to be the guy that that everybody's going to remember because there are too many instances where somebody like Marcus Mariota, who was not considered a, a great, I mean, he was considered a good player, but not, not you know, totally. a five-star recruit when he came to Oregon and then won sure. the Heisman Trophy. Uh, they have a tackle named Pene Sewell who uh, will be a high pick in the NFL draft. Very good player, uh, big, mobile, uh, very athletic for his size. Uh, I would say he's probably the, the guy that most people mention is, you know, this is the, uh, the player that probably the standout guy on the roster at this point. Yeah, well, they come back as the defending uh, Pac-12 champs, and they're bringing back also safety Brady Breeze, Rose Bowl defensive MVP, and the conference's number one recruiting class. So a lot to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and Breeze is a good player as well. Very instinctive, and but he brings it. <laughs> when okay. you hit him, you don't get up easily. <laughs> or when uh, he hits you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to get hit by that. And if uh, you could bring back, you mentioned Rich Brooks before, but if you can bring back for this season one coach, which legendary coach would you bring back to Oregon football? Yeah, that's a tough question, too, you know, because um, they've had some very good coaches. Uh, yeah, I was looking at the list. You know, they, you, they really did. 
you can make a case for Chip Kelly for sure, though. I'm not sure this Oregon team is built for what Chip liked to do. This is much more uh, style of play they play now. It's much more uh, power football emphasized. Chip was sort of slide of hand, hit him where they ain't sort of guy. And this team is sort of, we're going to line up and knock you over. So I think you probably go with what you have right now. Uh, Mario Cristobal is an excellent coach. He's recruited for the kind of style of play he wants to play, and he's got the players to do it. So for this particular team, I, I think it's Cristobal, you know. Again, Bilotti, uh, uh, Len Casanova way back, and Brooks, even though Brooks had a career sub-500 winning streak, was a very good coach. But but for this team, I, I'd say Mario Cristobal. Yeah, well, the uh, Rose Bowl didn't lie with the uh, the big win over Wisconsin. So, <laughs> all right, it's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go. Three and out with Ken Go, sports writer at the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Three lighter questions to close out the interview. First off, if you could only sit one, start one, and cut one of these legendary Duck QBs, Joey Harrington, Marcus Mariota, and Justin Herbert, who you sit and who you starting? Wow, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, I probably start Mariota, not only because he was a great player and he was a uh, very accurate passer, generally um, very good with his feet. But he also had some really strong leadership skills and was a guy uh really helped you in the locker room. You know, he was the kind of guy that people rallied around. Not that Harrington and Herbert weren't, but I just think Mariota had that maybe a little extra and intangible. And um, I think that was recognized. You know, he did, did win the Heisman. But, you know, you, you could certainly make a case for, for Harrington and and uh, Herbert, and, and it'd be hard to argue with that case. And, and you know, there have been a number of good quarterbacks in Oregon history. I think Bill Musgrave belongs in the conversation, and uh, uh, Chris Miller does as well. And, and you know, Dan Faust right there. Yeah, they've had some outstanding QB play. And number two, which is the best Oregon uniform? Because you only have 500 ah. uniform combinations to choose from. <laughs> you know, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like the the constant changing uniform combinations, which I think hit its peak under Chip Kelly. I, I think Chris Ball scaled it back a little bit. And they're, I think they're more in tune now with what most programs do, and they have a, a sort of a, a set number of combinations they use. But uh, I'm a traditionalist. I would go back to the way they looked in the 80s, sort of a, a Packers sort of look with the yellow helmets and green jerseys, yellow pants. Nice. And I'm a big foodie, too, and I, I love coming up to Eugene. What is the most legendary Oregon treat? Is it voodoo donuts, salt and straw ice cream, marinberry pie, something I haven't tasted yet? You know, I'm going to go off the wall here because I'm not a big sweets guy. I know uh, voodoo donuts and ice cream places. You have a great place in Eugene called uh, Prince Pucklers, I believe, which is just off campus. It's a very good ice cream place. But I, I'm i a big fan of the McMenamin chain. It's a... Uh, they're pubs. Uh, they brew great beer, uh, good pub food, and they're unique to. They started in Portland. They're all over the Northwest now, but uh, that's what I'd say. McMenamins. All right. Well, I can't wait to get back to Eugene. All right. Well, 16 seconds and 97 yards of madness. Thanks for reliving the pick and one of the most legendary plays in all of college football. We've been joined today by Ken Go, sports writer at the Oregonian and Oregon Live. Find him on Twitter at Kengo, and that's K-E-N-G-O-E. Thanks a lot, Ken. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary.